You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review Senior Editor Daniel Horowitz. Using pure common sense and ignoring the groupthink, Daniel breaks down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering the Conservative Conscience. And welcome back to the Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, here at the Conservative Conscience. Monday afternoon, October 30th. And no, we are not discussing Boehner or pedophilia or Paul Manafort. Boehner, pedophilia, Paul Manafort. Um, What a Monday. I mean, this was the type of week that I said to myself, could I just go back to the weekend? I I had no interest in embarking on this. I was thinking, why did I get into this business? It's amazing to watch the distractions in the news. And the entire political scene gets gripped by them. And they really don't matter. I mean, look, with the Mueller investigation... They're all right. You know, usually in politics, I always say they're all wrong. Everyone's wrong. Here, everyone's right. Everything's legitimate. Manafort is dirty as hell. Trump hired a bunch of fools, which I don't understand why he hired. And by the way, Manafort is the guy that ran the scorched earth tactics at the RNC at the convention. Not just, you know, shutting down any rebellion to Trump, which there was no rebellion anyway. Shutting down any reforms conservatives wanted to ensure that we don't have open primaries in in the future you know presidential elections so he was in charge of that so i'm not exactly going to sit and defend him and his associates same way i'm not going to defend jared if and when he gets indicted but you know everyone's also right that this is a witch hunt you know they're just finding pre-existing dirty stuff which is with all these international money people there's always something to find if you're going to empower a special prosecutor to go after them um, I also agree with those that say, you know, Mark Levin, I know, is very big on this. There is no fourth branch of government. There is no such thing as a as a independent prosecutor. Um, you know, if you have a lawless president, the way to check him is with Congress in the midterm elections. But he controls the executive branch. So, you know, when Trump cries about this, oh, it's terrible. Look at what DOJ is doing. Look what the FBI is doing. You control it. You know, he brought a lot of this he brought on himself. He he shouldn't have had Rod Rosenstein in there, who's a liberal. Um, you know, he when he fired Comey, he made it very hard on himself because then he went out in the media and basically said, Yeah, I did fire him because of the scandal, rather than just because of his incompetence and what he did with the Hillary Clinton stuff, which is what he had Rosenstein write in the memo, and then he contradicted it. So I mean, this type of thing, it's it's just it's all a dumpster fire. There's very very likely nothing there, and just a bunch of people are going to be tripped up on the perjury of the obstruction of justice to obstruct to obstructing justice with no underlying uh, crime. You know, at least no underlying crime that fits the description of why the special prosecutor was was appointed. But you know, this open ended power this this was this was uh, his fault. I mean, I I hate to say it. What happened to the strong man? Um, you know, and then obviously those who say that, you know, the Democrats have been colluding with the Russians forever, they're certainly right as well. Obviously, Tony Podesta stepping down from his lo- giant lobbying shop because he's caught up in the probe. So, yeah, I mean, 
here here's the memo. Here's the memo that hasn't gotten out to some people. The political establishments of both parties are dirty as anything. Ties to Russia, ties to Hamas, ties to Qatar. They all are. You know, it's just a shame that Trump decided to hire, you know, these filthy establishment guys like Paul Manafort. But anyway, that, that's the last I'm going to say on this until there's anything really concrete to talk about. But the bigger Russian collusion, and I, I'm sorry, I can't get off this issue, is the courts. You know, I was planning on talking about a lot of other things this week, and hopefully we're going to get to it. But there's a whole bunch of things that no one is talking about. So we're talking about ah, that homosexual guy that was engaging in pedophilia, Spacey. And by the way, isn't it funny how all these people say, how dare you accuse homosexuality of being associated with pedophilia? And then the guy's like, no, 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 don't worry. I have an excuse for being a pedophile. I'm coming out today as living the life of a gay American. Well, I'm, I'm coming out today as living the life of a killer whale American. I'm now sitting in a pool of water. I'm always going to have to sit in a pool of water because I really am a killer whale. But anyway, it's funny that suddenly <laughs> he's like, no, 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 it's, it's okay. That, that's who I am. I'm gay. Oh, I, th- I thought gays weren't pedophiles. Anyway, um, so we're going to talk about that. Boehner also, there's nothing new to talk about with Boehner trashing conservatives because guess what? Every existing Republican leader feels the same way about conservatives. So certainly it's not news that a retired Republican leader would speak that way. So none of this is news at this point. But what is news is that the courts are so insane that before I could dry the ink on one column, raising awareness to what the courts are doing in one area, another thing comes out. I just I just don't have the time. So I tasked my buddy Jordan Schachtel with writing the, the, the story on the transgender one. So anyway, I've been on a tear, as you know, about the Fourth Circuit. And we're going to get to that. But I want to work backwards and, and go on to what I'm dealing with now this afternoon. So, you know, I wrote my first one on, on, on the war in North Carolina. I'm going to link to it in show notes. We're also going to have Lieutenant Governor, Lieutenant, um, what's his name, Dan Forrest, back on the show. We haven't had him on for a while, our buddy from North Carolina to just discuss what the courts are doing to North Carolina. Uh, you know, hopefully Friday, maybe I, th- I think Friday we'll have him on. Um, then I, I was writing about, I, I never got a chance to write about this. This happened 10 days ago, but you know, now that I was talking about the fourth circuit and these were some of the same judges, what they did with that, uh, cross Memorial 92 year old world war one Memorial in Prince George's County, Maryland, demanding that we rip it down. And then, before I could finish that column, breaking news. And this is really the biggest news of the day. Here's the irony. This is the biggest news of the day. And you heard it here first. I I, I called it. I said there it was going to happen. Federal judge, D.C. district, which is the most important district in the country, 11 to 1 Democrat majority on that panel, so it's almost impossible to draw a lot to get a good judge. They form shop there. Judge blocks implementation of Trump's ban on transgender military service. <laughs> Folks, there are no words to describe how radical this is, how lack of, of standing this is, how insane it is, how much it rips up the president's powers of commander-in-chief, and Worse, how our entire body politic, including conservatives, are going to be silent 
on this entire issue. This is what matters. Why are we fighting? Why, why do we have so much acrimony? You know, the, the Russian scandal and Manafort and, and uh, you're doing this and Mueller and Mueller, Mueller, Russia, Russia. Well, you know, supposedly because we all hate each other because, you know, Trump won and they're upset Trump won and our guys are happy Trump won. Here's the deal. Elections don't matter. The courts are deciding everything. The courts are saying that everything lawless and insane or either or, not everything he did that's insane is lawless, it's just insane, that Trump did, that, that uh, I'm sorry, Obama did, is now the law of the land. And how Trump cannot even revert back to what Obama did in the first few years of his presidency, much less before that. So let's unpack some of this. I want you guys not to view this as part of the social licentiousness. Let's, let's put the culture war aside on a shelf, put it on a shelf for a minute. Nothing to do with values, God, the war on God, the, the rainbow jihad. Just understand the logistical nightmare and the mental disorder, those two sides of this here. The president's commander-in-chief of the military. And you have another branch of government telling him, you must integrate people that were never integrated and indeed were barred from being integrated until the final year of Obama's administration from 1789 to 2016. Final year of Obama administration, he orders a report. Let's let's talk about the feasibility of integrating them in. They decide to go ahead and do it. Trump says, no, we're going to you know study the feasibility on our own now. And until then, we're not going to do it. And the court says, you have to do what Obama did, not what was done before. There are no words. I mean, but we knew this already. We knew this when the courts took over national security and immigration. I was saying, you know, maybe we could sue the two-state solution, diplomatic policies, military interventions. Let's, Let's sue our soldiers in Niger. Let's sue our arming and training and equipping of Iranian proxies in Iraq. Let's sue the fact that we have our troops propping up the Kabul government. Let's sue foreign policy and national security to tell the president you have to integrate people while they are getting castration surgeries. I mean, that, that's the thing. First of all, who do, you, who do you put them with? The men, the women? Who do they shower with? Who? I mean, Daniel, you have to listen to the court. How, how do you listen? Tell me. Well, what do I do? I, I don't understand. Is there anything that we say that, you know, the president could tell the, the judges what to do? This is a clear violation of separation of powers. Especially because in the military, you have no right to be in the military. They, they, they bar most people even from having tattoos. If you have tattoos, you can't be uh, serving. You know, it's somewhat of a controversy now. But, I mean, certainly mental disorders. They're so careful in the military, you have to have a very stable force. And to take people that while they're undergoing that, I mean, it's insane. It's insane as a matter, insane as, as a matter of policy, but to mandate that you have to do it, it boggles the mind. You know, 10 years ago, I couldn't give you an example this radical to illustrate my point about judicial tyranny, even if I was trying to engage in hyperbole, to exaggerate, to, to illustrate absurdity, to act absurd, what is actually going on now is more absurd 
than any analogy I could give any hypothetical. You can't make any of this stuff up, even if you tried. You know, what's interesting is that the sexual identity lobby, they're going into court many places and they're suing for special privileges under the ADA. (laughs) So when it benefits them, they recognize gender dysphoria as a mental disorder because they sue for it under the Americans with Disabilities Act. Yet at the same time, you have to allow them in the military. What? Then you should have to allow in any mental disorder. And again, how do you tell the commander-in-chief who to allow into the military? Unless Congress deals with that. But this is part of a growing theme that anything Obama did, the courts are now saying, you have to continue it. So DACA, amnesty, is now the law of the land. And they're saying you have to continue it. And you have to surrender to us any emails, texts, or information, all the legal advice that you got leading up to your decision so we know how you made your decision. Now, we've reached the point where I don't even blame the courts. Their courts aren't the problem. If you tell a bunch of whack job Antifa nutcases who just put on a robe, hey, whatever you guys say, no matter the circumstances, no matter how you rule our constitution unconstitutional, you rule our traditions unconstitutional, you rule our common sense unconstitutional you rule sanity unconstitutional that is fine we will obey we will use our powers to actively comply with whatever you tell us because that's the law of the land of course they're going to take their liberty to do it but what about the other branches how in the world could you listen to something like that and yet these fools at national review tell us Rory Moore is the jerk. Rory Moore is unfit for office. The question still stands. Literally, what do the courts have to do in order for people to wake up, for people to understand this is not the law of the land? Is there anything even a district judge could do that, forget about liberals, but at least so-called conservatives will admit, yeah, that's not the law of the land. That's, That's an imprecation to the law of the land. That is a disgrace, and and you know the other branches of government who swear an oath to uphold the Constitution, they absolutely cannot do this. They have an ob- obligation to do what they were planning on doing, not what the courts wanted to, wanted them to do. I mean, here here's the thing: let's say the courts one day order that having balls is unconstitutional. I'm sorry to be so crude here. I just I'm just so upset. So will they? You know. Because the courts are saying, tear it down, tear it down, tear down the memorial, tear down the Ten Commandments, tear down public prayer, tear down any uh, monument referencing God. Okay, fine. So if they say, tear down your, you know what, are you going to cut it off? Well, it's it's the law of the land, Daniel. You got to listen to the court order. (laughs) Is there any limit? And then that way you could serve in the military once you do that. Man, this this is. I wanted to move on to talk about taxes and healthcare, some other stuff today, but I, I am just so frosted over this. And again, the beauty is the left is winning hundred year battles overnight, and we're so locked in. We have a hundred percent of our energy fighting this Mueller stuff, and no one even realizes none of this matters. Elections don't matter. 
And let me give you another example how elections don't matter. So let's go back to the Fourth Circuit. We'll, we'll, we'll go over the first piece I have out this week. So the Fourth Circuit has, is literally gang-raping North Carolina. Anything they do. So they already mandated transgenderism there. You have to allow men and female bathrooms. They've shut down every single thing they want to do on election integrity. They've struck down, so to speak, their federal district maps, their state district maps, even county school board maps in Wake County, North Carolina. They actually, Fourth Circuit mandated that they Retro- so normally when they strike down maps, so then you know you have new maps for the next election. They actually said you have to hold new state legislative elections in an off year. That much the Supreme Court put a stay on. But everything else the Supreme Court went along with, as they always do. No photo ID. You have to have X number of days of early voting, ballot harvesting, all sorts of things. And the interesting thing is, so it's not only that the courts are rendering elections moot because any important decision, the most important political social questions of our time, they're deciding and deciding on behalf of the extreme alt-left. But they're rendering the... They're making it that conservatives can't even win elections anyway because they're mandating the Democrat racial electoral agenda into the Constitution. So they're saying that you have to have a certain number of Democrat districts. And by the way, again, I'm from Maryland's 3rd District. Google it, the the most um, gerrymandered district in the country. That's still standing. That's fine because you're allowed to splice up the black vote all you want if it um, creates more Democrat districts. But what you're not allowed to do is confine it more, even if that's naturally more part of their boundaries, which it usually is, uh, because you need – because there's an unalienable right for Democrats to utilize the black vote to maximize their political advantage. And that's not just a political argument. That's now a legal argument. But it's gotten so bad that Roy Cooper, who's the governor of North Carolina now, the Democrat, he pr- very likely won based on a margin of votes that pursuant to North Carolina law is unconstitutional. And is, is are the, the votes are invalid. The third party ballot harvesting concept, you know, where basically some, you know, acorn style community organizing left wing organization goes and, and gets a chunk of several hundred thousand absentee ballots and just hands them in. You, know, you, you have no you have a right to vote, but you don't have a right to vote through ballot harvesting. And, and we could ban that practice. And they did in North Carolina. The court said, no, you have to allow it. Guess what? Just the margin of those those votes alone gave Roy Cooper the victory. So this is a big problem. I'm not even a Republican, but I'm just saying Republicans won't be able to win elections anymore. And that's what's happening in North Carolina. So anyway, North Carolina, they went back and redrew their maps. And then now the court says, not good enough even though it's cleaner than anything Democrats did when they controlled the state for 120 years, but that was fine. No one ever struck down their districts. And the court said, we have to appoint a special master. They appointed, I mean, can you imagine, there's one thing, it's bad enough to say the courts are a veto. It's something we never adopted. Like I said, they could just grant relief to a plaintiff that has legitimate standing. You cannot get legitimate standing to shoot at an election map. That's too broad-based public policy that's too much of um, a political issue. It's too abstract. 
yeah, everyone's affected in some way, but it's not a grievance that you, an individualized grievance that a court could redress. So that's not the judicial power. You don't have power of that. But fine, you tell me you have a, you have a veto. That's one level of craziness. You, that you could give standing and you could veto a map. Okay, then the state does what they want and it will be, if they take it to court, I could veto it. Now, you can't veto it. I don't agree with that, but just bear with me. They've taken this to a new level and, to, to now literally legislate. They could lip veto and then say, you must do this, and I'm going to appoint a proctor, like an SAT-style proctor, over the state to ensure that you're drawing the maps properly. And by the way, of course, this guy has a whole resume that reeks of, of being a liberal. He worked at the Brennan Center, so there you go. Um, folks, remember, we're talking about state legislative districts, not even the congressional districts here. Federal courts shouldn't have a role in that. The North Carolina districts were upheld by the state Supreme Court twice, and they were pre-cleared, by the way, by Obama's DOJ. You know, I see, by the way, the same schmucks at National Review that are going after Roy Moore, I see a lot of them with their snarky comments, well, the Republicans went too, too far there in North Carolina. Really? Do you guys know that Obama's DOJ cleared them? Or you just make make stuff up. So f- there's no room for federal courts. Shouldn't they have no they have no power over this? It violates the Constitution. Constitution gives states full power, gives an av- a tiny avenue for Congress to get involved, which you know Hamilton said it would only be in extraordinary circumstances. He said this in the Federalist Papers. Certainly unelected courts can't do it. And as I know in my piece, you know what's fascinating? North Carolina did not want to join the union. They were very reluctant. They really were scared the federal government would swallow them up. They were they 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 they, they actually first didn't reject, but they didn't come out conclusively in the 1788 convention in Hillsborough. And then it wasn't until 1789 they met again at Fayetteville and this was after George Washington was sworn in already as president. They finally agreed after they were promised that, no, you know, your federal reps will stand up for you. Um, Congress won't swallow you alive. Could they imagine, could they ever imagine that the unelected, weaker branch of the federal government, the lower, uh, not even the Supreme Court, a branch that wasn't even referenced to, for the most part, in the Constitution, would come along and, and, and be more powerful than them, <clears throat> swallow them up? You know, it's funny that um, James Erdell, he was one of the first Supreme Court justices, um, one of the fathers of Article 3. He was uh, one of the biggest Federalists from North Carolina. He actually had an amendment to ensure that the federal government couldn't get involved in elections. It was It's just so, so fortuitous. Oh, my gosh. Just wow. Um, just interesting piece of history there. But North Carolina would have never joined the union had they known this. Yet, they're held in the clutches of the Fourth Circuit. Where are those federal representatives? Most of them are Republicans. Where are you? Meadows, Walker. The courts are just stepping over North Carolina the same way the Ninth Circuit did to Arizona for years. The Fourth Circuit needs to be broken up. They need to be stripped of their jurisdiction. Election law cases need to be returned to state courts that are elected, more familiar with the state laws. But nobody's talking about this. And then finally, again, the same court, Fourth Circuit, the same judge, James Wynn, one is one of the judges that overlaps in both cases, 
says that the Blandenburg Cross is unconstitutional. 92 years this this, uh, memorial has stood. So think about it. The same bastard courts that say, I mean, this is the same Fourth Circuit that says that Somali Muslims have a religious liberty right, First Amendment right to to be here, to, to come here, to immigrate here. Christian war veterans don't have a First Amendment right to merely just display a symbol. Deeply rooted in America's history and tradition. The same court that says that there's a right to immigrate says there's no right to Second Amendment. If you remember that happened earlier this year, Forest Circuit says, no, there's no right to carry. And of course, the same courts that are granting standing to left-wing states to demand more immigration from the third world, a power states don't have, are denuding North Carolina of every power it manifestly has rooted in its state legislature from setting times, methods, and procedures of elections to drawing state legislative maps. And yet nobody cares. Nobody's pushing back. Everyone's focused on the razzle-dazzle. Welcome to my world. (laughs) Man, this is so frustrating. And then there's this. This is a point. I just don't have time to write about it. So um, those of you hearing it now, you're, you're the first to know about this. And this just really, gosh, it's, it, it, it squares off the peg here. It, it just makes it too perfect, but not in a good way. So you have the courts are literally gang raping this administration. Everything they do to follow statute is struck down. And they're saying the lawlessness is the law. So Obama's unilateral amnesty and granting of positive privileges to foreign uh, nationals that pursuant to law have to be deported. No, that's the law. You, you know, we're going to put you on trial. Show us your, your papers. Show us your stuff. Show us your legal advice. Every single regulation that he's been trying to get rid of, nope. Obama is able to legislate from the executive branch. And we're going to legislate from the judiciary in order that he could legislate um, from his home in Chicago now because he's not even president, but he's still the president and you're not. Um, You can't decide who goes into the military and uh, transgender brigades are the law of the land. Finally, finally, there was actually one area where we won a conservative victory in the courts. Unbelievable thing. Finally, we we won one um, one uh, one offensive victory where you know we used the courts to so called strike down something the left did, and you know among all the lawless things Obama did, if you remember, there was the overtime rule. Guess what? The Trump administration is now appealing that ruling. They're not taking yes for an answer. So we got a conservative victory. They strike down a liberal policy, and he's having DOJ at a time when they have to defend so many good things to to go and appeal a decision a lower court made saying that, hey, Obama was legislating outside of statute. We're saying, no, we want to raise the overtime rule pay, but not as much as him, but we still want to raise it, so we're going to appeal your ruling. What? Let me just read you this article from CQ. The Trump administration plans to appeal a ruling that struck down a contentious 
Obama-era regulation on overtime pay to give the Labor Department more flexibility in rewriting the rule. The appeal from the Justice Department is expected next week, according to two sources familiar with the issue, which Bloomberg BNA first reported Friday. Labor is in the process of rewriting the rule, which would have expanded overtime pay to an estimated 4 million people. The rule, which is supposed to go into effect December 1st, 2016, would have doubled the salary cap from 23,660 to 47,476 that determines which workers would be eligible for overtime pay. In August, U.S. District Judge Amos Mazant ruled that the Obama administration overtime regulation would override Congress's intent that workers' eligibility for overtime pay should primarily depend on their job duties. Um, And instead, Obama just did it carte blanche, totally legislating from the bench. So now, Labor Secretary Alexander Acosta, who's an open borders guy, by the way, told a Senate committee earlier this year that he agrees with many Republican lawmakers who say the salary threshold of 47476 will create issues for businesses, colleges, and nonprofits. But he also expressed interest in increasing the current ceiling, you know, to a certain amount. So, I, I mean, this is the problem. I mean, this is Stockholm Syndrome. Not only won't they fight back against the courts, but they're actually appealing the one good thing they decided. I, I mean, th- this this whole body politic is so lost, and there's nobody guarding the hen house here. Nobody. Nobody realizes this. We're always operating in the premise of the left. Man, this is so frustrating. I know I'm in, in such a bad mood today, but it's just so hard watching everyone focus exclusively and everyone's going to have their hot take on Mueller's indictment, what he did, what he didn't do, what we should do. <sighs> but nobody is focusing on where we could actually affect policy. You know, meanwhile, I didn't get time for this, but this week we're going to be talking about tax policy again. Tax policy. Nobody, nobody's focusing on what we should be doing on taxes. Republicans are completely agreeing to the Democrat premise of progressivity in the tax code, which is just going to make things worse. You can't fix a progressive tax code. See, we have that coming up. Um, the Senate is trying to debate expanding an AUMF, authorization of use of force. At least they're recognizing, you think, after 17 years, 16 years, maybe we're due to update authorizing force it's funny the powers a president does have as commander of chief and chief immigration deciding that mental illnesses don't get to go in the military when they create and on top of all you know everything else logistical nightmares so that he doesn't have that power but somehow he has the power to project our troops in 140 countries when we have no declaration or authorization of force so they recognize the need at least but of course nobody's going to agree to debate the right things who are we fighting what's the strategy who are we supporting? What ground are we holding? Is it worth it in the cost-benefit analysis, the risk versus return matrix? Nobody's going to be uh, debating that. And then, you know, you know, again, Trump's own Pentagon, I, I forgot about this item. I forgot to talk about it last week. They're now saying they put out a whole report recommending that women be drafted along with men. Talk about transgenderism, you know. Again, it's the unelected administrative state and the courts just running the country. Where is everyone else? 
Where is everyone else? And it's funny, among other things, the, the report said, you know, we need, a, we need as many people as we can get in a time of crisis. Really? A country of 325 million doesn't have enough men. What a bunch of BS. Everyone knows that's not true. The left is winning. They are winning a hundred year cultural battles without firing a shot between the administrative state and the courts. And nobody is paying attention. We're going to do everything we can to break through the clutter. Again, and this is not a criticism of those who want to focus to a certain extent on what's going on with Mueller and Manafort and indictments and whatever you know, perception becomes reality, becomes part of the major news story. But to miss these broader points is to miss the entire purpose we're engaging in any battle over any of these issues. Oh, Danny, we have to defeat this, otherwise Trump can't do anything. Well, Trump can't do anything if you don't defeat the courts. And he won't do anything if you don't jump on his case over appointing bad people and bad policies that continue Obama-era policies. Lots more going on this week. We obviously have Wednesday Republicans are finally releasing their tax plan, so we'll talk about it then. Until until I fully blow up and I need to take some blood pressure uh, medication, a.k.a. some beer. So I'm going to have to jump off now before I just completely lose it. Until next time, thank you all for listening. God bless. This has been another episode of The Conservative Conscience.